and welcome to a Double Trouble episode of We Only Look Thin. <laughs> I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I've lost about 140-something pounds. I am a Tiny wow. Habits certified coach. Yeah. And with me today is... Donald Weigel. And I have lost about 100 pounds. And uh, I have no certifications. But, <laughs> however... <laughs> certified cool guy. Certified cool guy. I do have that. I went to the uh, on the internet and it's like becoming an internet minister. Yeah. Uh, you get a cool guy certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have my uh, online minister certificate in our actual firebox as though I couldn't just print one out yeah. again. It's yeah, a very no. important document. <laughs> no, yeah. We, w- we don't want to lose that one. <laughs> no. But I, I identify, actually, I don't identify as a certified minister anymore because I've, I've said it before, I don't want to do it again. Why do I keep talking about it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It's like you're advertising for it. We're going to put up a page on weonlylookthin.com. <laughs> <laughs> we are. You yeah. can get married by Catherine yes, Weigel. On Zoom. Uh, yeah. But this is a double trouble episode because we are pinning two habit powerhouses against one another today. Oh, I didn't dun, know that dun. was happening. I'm not even sure I can handle single trouble, let alone <laughs> double trouble. Well, we are uh, we are going head to head with BJ Fogg and James Clear. I mean, what? It's the cage match you've all been waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) Two go in, only one leaves. But here's the thing. We have talked about it before. We like taking tips and suggestions and insights from multiple sources. Yeah. And maybe I will get uh, my my license revoked as a Tiny Habits certified coach. But we are mixing together the stylings of James Clear's Atomic Habits and BJ Fogg's Tiny Habits today. And the winner of this cage match gets to take on Yanni Free. Next week. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're going to get cease and desist orders from everybody. Oh, for sure. We can take insights from multiple sources. Maybe that's our problem. I don't know. No, I think it's a good thing. Look, I think we've always been fans of at least, you know, what has worked for me is doing that sort of choose your own adventure, sort of building a plan. And When I was, you know, we've talked about it before on other shows, when I was forced to comply 100% to somebody's plan, I could white knuckle it and I could do it for a while, but it, it, you know, never lasted for me. And it wasn't until I started taking bits and pieces from all kinds of plans and built my own plan that I was able to really like keep this going. And now I've, you know, kept the weight off for four years. No, it was definitely, you know, follow the leader, do exactly what that person says. And if I diverge even a little bit, then obviously I'm not, you know, good at weight loss. I'm not right. good at following directions. And I think that that identity of a follower really damaged me for, I don't know, what, 40 years or oh, so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and we're we're sort of taught, you know, you have to go from point A to point B, like it's a color by numbers sort of situation. And if you color outside the lines or you decide to use a different color in one of the squares that, you know, you're never going to reach your goal and that you just made as well. You know, there's something wrong with you. There's something intrinsically. It's your problem. It's not the plan's problem. Exactly. So you can go back to the over 200 episodes of We Only Look Thin to sort of hear about the evolution of our trans transformation from people who were just trying to get to the end finish line. Yes. Uh, But now we're actually people who identify as people who look thin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, we, we, we only look then. But, uh, but actually, this episode was prompted. Uh, we're going to be talking about identity today. This episode was prompted by Walt member Tiffany. Hello, Tiffany. Hello, Tiffany. Uh, but she uh, has been on a journey for a long time, but posted something the other day that was really kind of hit to the core of what our whole thing is. She did it in one sentence. She didn't even need 200 episodes. She just uh, cut yeah. to the quick. Hey, but if first, if I didn't know what is Walt, what is a Walt member? Oh. Oh, a Walt member. We Only Look Thin Place. Walt Place is an online accountability group for women based on Facebook. We are not a weight ah. loss plan. We are a place for support and accountability. Uh, we have people on many different plans. Uh, we've got people from Noom and Weight Watchers and calorie tracking and all that. But it's a place to sort of come together and work on common issues, uh, which transcend whatever plan you're on. Sounds fantastic. Anyway, so so <laughs> Tiffany made a post a few weeks ago talking about how she has had a big mindset shift. What? Minds have anything to do with weight loss? What's Listen, that? all I need to do is do the right exercises and find the right recipes. Oh, I'm not to... changing my mind about anything. Yeah, mindset, mindset. Yeah. Uh, but Tiffany said it was a, it was a long post uh, join Walt place if you want to see her whole post <laughs> but tiffany said forget the goal weight i have goal habits better yet a sustainable lifestyle goal boom yeah. she basically just you know put it all together in one sentence she has a lifestyle goal and for what 40 years i did not have a lifestyle goal no i just wanted to do a plan and get through it and get it over with and then be done. And I thought that when I got to whatever goal weight I was going to hit, that I would just be fixed and it would be over. But, you know, over and over again, I would lose, you know, 10, 15. I lost over 50 pounds twice before I managed to lose the 100 pounds this time and keep it off. But I gained it back and more every time because I would I would not adapt a healthy lifestyle. I would just do a plan for a while, finish it, so to speak. Yeah. You know, which, you know, I, it turns out you're never finished. Spoiler alert. And then the weight would gain, you know, come right back because I didn't know how to continue to maintain that lifestyle after I had hit the goal weight. Yeah. Um, Tiffany goes on to say the goal is to sustain this healthy lifestyle that I'm building and I can celebrate sticking to those habits every single day. So Tiffany's post really hit a lot of Walt members and it hit me too, even though I, you know, have been maintaining for a number of years about really going from those end outcomes that we want. I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose 100 pounds. Instead of just looking at the end, she's cultivated an actual sustainable lifestyle that she enjoyed. And something that both Tiny Habits and Atomic Habits talks about and the Diet Fix in so many different places is working on your identity. Yeah. And I sort of was like, I'll just fly over that chapter. I don't really need to focus on that. I just want the end result. I want to lose the weight. And we spent so much time, you know, joining Weight Watchers, joining all these programs for that end result as kind of just like, just give me the certification, just give me the degree, just, right. you know, like I just... Just want it and then I'll be done with it. But actually working on being the kind of person who cares about their health 
didn't occur to me until my 40s. No, and even even while, you know, it took me about two years to lose the 100 pounds. And even while I was going through that, I, I wasn't really consciously thinking about, you know, developing a healthy lifestyle. I But it was the first time that I really became aware of the idea that there is no finish line and that it's not about breaking a weight barrier and yeah. then being done. It was about building habits that I could keep doing even after I hit the weight goal. And so it wasn't exactly like, hey, I need to become a healthy lifestyle type of person. It was more about, hey, I need to do things that I don't hate so that I can keep doing them even after I hit my goal weight. Yeah, so in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the three levels of behavior change. The most shallow, you know, or sort of, you know, the the most superficial is the outcome base. Again, yeah. it's that... I want to get to the goal. I want to finish college. I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to run a marathon. I want to, you know, get to this end. I want to write a book. Those are aspirations, right. as as BJ Fogg talks about. What? Whoa! It's said, like a don't, mashup. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm crossing them. But then, you know, so I wanted to lose 50 pounds. I wanted to lose 100 pounds. So the next level is the process what you do to get the outcome. Yeah, those are all of the habits that you put in place to get there. Right. And then the the most significant level in the middle is the identity, who you wish to become. And I never really thought about who I wanted to become. I just wanted to become somebody who weighed 50 pounds less, which isn't the same as actually identifying as a fit person. So for decades, Donald and I focused on the outcome and the process. I joined Weight Watchers so I could lose 50 pounds. I did Atkins so I could lose 100 pounds. But like Donald said, as soon as I got to that point, I thought it was like a fixed rate mortgage. You lock in the weight and then you set it and forget it and then you're thin. But I would go back to the old habits that I had because I identified as somebody who really liked to eat. Yeah, and and I think that that was part of the problem. I think this identity can work both ways. You know, I used to really, you know, commiserate with other people boy sure is terrible to have to you know do any movement sure yeah is, you know i would sure just rather sit on the couch and eat lots of food in front of the tv and and it's that sort of like camaraderie with other people that in hindsight was really holding me back because it, there was a part of me that just wanted to let go of any responsibility that I had in the process of not being able to hit my goal weight. I just wanted to be, you know, well, I, I'm the kind of person who can't do this. Yeah. I, I just, I have a, a metabolism that, you know, it doesn't work like other people's. Like other people just have it easier because they're not as hungry as I am. Right. Well, and I think too, that old identity conflicts with the new habits because the habits were just the means to an end. And there's no end. But I remember being on Weight Watchers at one point and being super strict and, you know, on track. Right. And then we went to Las Vegas. And the, <laughs> the only thing I thought about for going to Las Vegas oh, was yeah. eating the way I really wanted to eat. Yeah. Like, we got off the plane and I was like, we're hitting Cinnabon, like, <laughs> the second we get off the plane, which actually yeah. happened. Like, some people are like, give me, you know, a cigarette and alcohol right. and let me gamble. And I was like, get me that 
2,000 calorie Cinnabon right now. Yeah, I think it's funny. All of the nice restaurants in Las Vegas and you wanted to hit <laughs> airport Cinnabon. <laughs> but, but that was like, okay, I'm on this plan to lose the weight. But my true identity is yeah. somebody who will eat an entire Cinnabon. And then basically we just ate our way through, you know, the casinos. We're not huge gamblers, but we sure did enjoy lots of food. Well, and I still struggle with that today. I This may be a little bit off topic, but I still struggle with the idea that every time there's an event and I'm going to allow myself uh, an indulgence, you know, or an indulgent day, I have a problem with enjoying the reason for the event. You know, I, I tend to plan around the food or like that's what I get excited about. And I still have to, you know, remind myself about you know, this is the healthy lifestyle that I have now. And this is the kind of person I am now. Right. So again, James Clear talks about the three levels of behavior design, the outcome, what you get, the, you know, losing 50 pounds, the process, what you're going to do to lose the 50 pounds, and then the identity, who you wish to become. What level do you think you're working on right now? Are you just looking at the means to an end? I want to be 50 pounds lighter. Or are you actually working on the kind of person who weighs 50 pounds less? Because the lifestyle we design supports the weight we want to be. And Donald and I just were on this treadmill for years and years of just trying to get to the end. And I identified even as I started this last process, you know, I'm Polish, I'm out of shape, I'm a couch potato, I'm a trash panda, I'm yeah. a hot mess, I'm a dumpster fire. How how do you think that works? How do you think that goes for somebody if they're like, okay, I'm going to try to lose the weight, but I'm a dumpster fire. That doesn't, you know, the, the identity doesn't match the outcome that we want. Yeah, or just deep down, I believed I was just not an active person. Yeah. You know, I'm not an athlete. I'm not the kind of person who, who gets out. And, you know, discounting the idea that walking and walking upstairs and just getting, you know, burning all of those, you know, calories throughout the day was part of becoming an active person. So going back to James Clear, you know, he says there is really a two-step process. And look, it's a lot more complicated than that. But there's a two-step process uh, to changing your behavior for good. First, you need to start believing new things about yourself. You need to build identity-based habits. So step one is decide the type of person you want to be. And two, prove it to yourself with small wins. And one example he gives that is sort of uh, relevant to this particular show is he says, become the type of person who moves more every day. And the small win is buy a pedometer. Then the next small win is walk 50 steps when you get home from work. And then tomorrow, walk 100 steps. The day after that, walk 150 steps. If you do this five days a week and add 50 steps each day, by the end of the year, you'll be walking over 10,000 steps. So it's not necessarily just that simple, but it really can be just building it 50 steps at a time. So another quote from James Clare is, true behavior change is identity change. You might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you'll stick with it is that it becomes part of your identity. Anyone can convince themselves to visit the gym or eat healthy once or twice, but if you don't shift the belief behind the behavior, then it's hard to stick with it long term. Improvements are only temporary until they become who you are. So a couple of examples. The goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The 
goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician. So with that shallow kind of like, I lose the weight. Okay, great. But who do you identify as? I now identify as a person who lives a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And six years ago, like I said, I identified as a couch potato, a victim. You know, I, you know, there's no way for me to really change. You know, I'm put upon, I'm overworked, I'm underpaid. And nothing has actually changed in my life other than my identity. I still have work issues. I still have parenting issues. I have marriage issues. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. No, we have no issues. Do None. We? That's not the podcast for this. But it's that identifying as a healthy person. It happened over time. And when I started identifying as a healthy person, I remember when I got my Fitbit, at one point I didn't have it on. It was on the charger and I refused to walk right. until I was like, Donald, go get my Fitbit because I'm not taking one step without getting credit for it. When I finally got to the point of like, I am a walker. I am a person who just walks to Rite Aid, whether I'm wearing a Fitbit or not. Like, I am an active person. That was actually a huge transition for me of not being like, if I don't get credit for this, I'm not doing it. Yeah, well, and not to, not to like, turn it around and make it about me, but my, I've had the same Fitbit for a couple of years, and suddenly it just started intermittently not counting my steps. <laughs> and so for, like, two days, I basically, um, I was you know, thinking that same thing. I was like, well, if it's not going to count my steps, why should I move? But I, you know, quickly realized, well, that's not the point. And I, I still need to move even if I'm not getting, you know, quote unquote credit for these steps. Yeah. And one of the things that James Clear talks about is uh, like voting elections on for, you know, binary, you know, you got good guys, bad guys, whatever. A vote isn't a hundred percent. You don't have to have a hundred percent proof for one person to win. It has to be a majority of action. So it's not like Donald and I don't have setbacks. It's not like Donald oh, and yeah. I don't still enjoy. <laughs> Look at me. I'm teaching you something. <laughs> but it, it, it's not like Donald and I don't still enjoy the Super Bowl or don't enjoy, you know, going off track or, you know, eating in a way that isn't you right. know, super great for a couple of days. But it's the majority of your action that determines who you are. So every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs. But as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. This is one reason why meaningful change does not require radical change. Small habits can make meaningful differences by providing evidence of a new identity. And if a change is meaningful, it is actually big. That's the paradox of making small improvements. Yeah, and I think that we are taught over and over again that we're going to have some sort of epiphany and we're going to like break the candy bar in half and throw it in the trash yeah. and then we will be a different person the next day. And that's not how this works. How it works is you you put your votes, so to speak. You do more actions that are in the direction of the type of person you want to be than in the type of person that you don't want to be. Yeah, and BJ Fogg talks about that, you know, the breaking a habit thing seems like if you use extreme force once, right. that something will end. You, you know, you break the glass, you, you know, you snap the cigarette, that it's this one big action. But what it really is, is small effort over time consistently that gets us where we want to be. So James Clear, man, I'm, I'm flip flopping from book to book. I got two things <laughs> open right now. But James Clear says the most practical way to change who you are is to change what 
you do. Each time you write a page, you are a writer. Each time you practice the violin, you are a musician. Each time you start a workout, you're an athlete. Each time you encourage your employees, you are a leader. So when the votes mount up and evidence begins to change, the story you tell yourself begins to change as well. For me, this was huge, seeing that every action actually mattered. And I know we say that there's no finish line, but it's, you know, what what you actually do each day proves the kind of person you want to be. It can't just be the intention, like, well, I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay, well, what did you do about that today? Nothing. I kind of thought about it. Okay, well, it's your actions that show what you actually believe, not what you think about. Yeah, and eventually it just sort of becomes second nature. I mean, I, you know, in the same way, five years ago, six years ago, I used to just, you know, go out of my way to find the closest parking spot or to avoid walking up a flight of stairs or to carrying anything. (laughs) Or, you know, I would I would take the easiest route to whatever food was available to me. Now, it's just sort of second nature that I prepare and bring my lunch to work every day. You know, I bring my own food there, even though there's lots of free food there. I take the effort to put my you know shopping cart in one spot. I go walk and get a grocery and bring it back to the cart rather than pushing it along with me. I try and find the farthest away parking spot, which actually is a side benefit, <laughs> not the point, but actually does end up saving a lot of time rather than driving around the parking lot looking for a better spot. But it's just now second nature to me. I've just, you know, adopted a healthy lifestyle. And I didn't really think about it along the way but I think that the part of the reason that we're bringing it up now is I think if I had, I might have gotten here faster. Yeah. Well, and for me, too, just looking back, I've been doing some presentations in Walt Place about, you know, the weight I was and the habits that supported that weight. Yeah. And the weight that I am now and the habits that I, you know, I make a priority now. So at 250 pounds or 300 pounds, I was getting takeout five times a week. I was eating 1500 calorie lunches every day. I was parking close. I was sleeping in the afternoons because I was so full. I was, you know, blaming everyone else for my problems. I identified as a victim. Like I actually identified as the most put upon, overwhelmed martyr. And I just thought that that was the way life was. And I used to see people who were positive, taking action, taking responsibility. I thought that their DNA was just different than mine. And I didn't recognize that I was building my own prison. Like, I mean, and I, you know, I say that with all earnest. I made myself a victim by identifying as one. And at age 41, when I started this last time journey venture, I felt at 41 years old, like I was on the decline toward death. And I'm not joking about that. Like, I actually was like, if this is how I feel at 41, how am I going to feel at 51? Because the evidence is piling up that I am not going to make it because I feel terrible. I'm sluggish. I'm exhausted. I'm depressed. And I didn't know when I started that I was going to lose 100 pounds. All I wanted was to fit back into my pants. I wanted to identify as someone who fit in pants and didn't rip them. That was as deep as I went. (laughs) But I didn't know I was going to lose 100 pounds. But what I did do was identify that in the past, if I was up on the scale a pound, I would quit. 
that was what I had like, I, I really analyzed what hasn't worked in the past. What didn't work is that if I was good on my plan, quote unquote, and then gained, it was evidence that I was never going to lose weight. This time my shift was I'm the kind of person who is not going to quit. Like that was the first identity shift for me. And as it happened, six weeks in, I gained weight. And at that point, that was a huge dividing line for me. I, again, reminded myself, I do not quit when I am up on the scale. And then I lost more weight, and then I was up on the scale. Again, I do not quit. And that made all the difference, just that one shift of, you know what, what would happen if you just didn't stop this time? And it actually worked. And that was like, if you're going to start with one thing, like, I'm the kind of person who doesn't quit, was the way it started. Yeah. Then it became, I'm the kind of person who walks my daughter to school the quarter mile instead of driving. Like, those were the shifts that I made. Right. I'm the kind of person who tracks my calories. It didn't feel great at first, but I just decided that I was going to, you know, stop quitting all the time. And then the I walk my daughter to school became I'm the kind of person who goes on a little bit of a farther walk each day. Yeah. I'm the kind of person who walks to pick her up. I'm the kind of person who doesn't eat out of the candy dish at work. And those small changes over time and those identifying as someone who was taking agency, month after month, week after week, it added up to the person that I've become and the person that Donald's become. Yeah, and and thankfully, you know, Catherine was already in the process of this when I got my diabetes diagnosis because my initial reaction was that I have to become the kind of person who's miserable yeah, all the time. Yeah, no, you totally were like, well, this is the beginning of the end, no point living. All joy is over. I won't be able to enjoy any food. I won't do anything except exercise. And that's what I thought the rest of my life was going to be. And it wasn't until, you know, I started, talking to Catherine about it and realize, you know, hey, you know, I started from a point of I don't want to be the kind of person who loses a leg from diabetes (laughs) and realized that, you know, I could do this in gentle steps and I could do things that I didn't hate and I could cultivate a healthy lifestyle one piece at a time um, and not be miserable doing it. So if you're just starting out, it might be difficult to even understand, you know, like I just thought thin people were thin people. Right. So I didn't, I thought like, well, I guess you just have to not be hungry. Right. If you're a thin person, but that's not really what it is. And sure, my enjoyment of food still, I still like all the foods. Oh, yeah. I've just become better at, you know, deciding to moderate instead of just eat whatever I want. But James Clear says, you know, all of these are big questions and many people aren't sure where to begin, but they do know what kind of results they want to get a six pack ab or to feel less anxious or to double their salary. And that's fine. Start there and work backward from the results you want to the type of person who would get those results. So who is the type of person who would get that outcome? Who is the type of person that could lose 40 pounds? Who is the type of person that could learn a new language? Who is the type of person that could run a successful startup? So who is the type of person who would lose 40 pounds? We have the evidence now of that kind of person. Right. That person shows up daily. That person tracks their calories. That person moves more than they used to move. And for me, you know, in Walt Place, we have a number of people who have have lost a bunch of weight, which is awesome. But what they all have in common is not – willpower yeah it's not motivation nope 
it's eating at a deficit. What? No. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. isn't there some other answer? Yeah. It's not willpower. It's not motivation. It's consistent habits over time. And the more we have that, those votes or that evidence that that's, you know, the habit that we have, that's what we're going to get. So when you're, you know, going through your journey and you're making a decision about what to do, continuously ask yourself the question, what would a person who hits their goal weight and maintains it do? What would they do in that situation? And that, for me, has been my guiding principle in all of this. And I think about that all the time, and it really seems to work for me. Well, and two, you know, we identify as many things outside of weight loss. I identify as a Californian. I identify as a Gen Xer. I identify as a mom, a wife, all these different things. Donald identifies as a Steeler fan. Yes, go Steelers. Red and, or no. <laughs> Red and what? <laughs> I was going to say black and yellow. Black but and I yellow, messed yes. it up. But like, Donald's evidence of being a Steeler fan is having all the gear and the hats and the jerseys and the terrible towels. And the amount of intense stress I feel during every game. Right. But I remember a, a, a woman that I knew who went to my college, went on to get a master's degree at a university. And day one of getting into the school, she had the banners and the sweatshirts yeah. and the hats and the, you know, the tailgating gear. And I was like, what a faker. She's been there one day. Like what? But she was embracing the identity of yeah. that university. And what is wrong with that? Now, I'm the kind of person who, when I graduated, I did not buy a university sweatshirt until literally, I am not joking, a week before I graduated. Right. Because I was like, if I fail out of this, that's going to be embarrassing. I I didn't, but I identified as like, you know, I was very tentative about my ability to be successful. But this woman bought all the gear from day one. And this is something that BJ Fogg talks about. Of, what? Of identifying and embracing the identity of the person that you want to become, not being tentative about it, but really embracing it. So he, he says, finish this sentence. I'm the kind of person who with the identity or identities you would like to embrace. So I'm the kind of person who is a runner. What does that person do? That person runs multiple times a week. That person does a couch to 5K. That person buys the Nike running, just do it shirt. That person buys the running shoes. That person, you know, joins a club, subscribes to the magazine. Yep. Like there are all of these trappings that determine the kind of person you are. I don't want to do the running part. I just want to do all that other stuff. I want to get the shoes and the jacket and su subscribe to the magazine. Well, but here's the thing. <laughs> the other part of that is buying all the stuff, buying the treadmill and buying the whatever. But I used to buy the treadmill to lose weight. Right. I didn't buy the treadmill to be a fit person. Yeah. Which is a big difference. It doesn't seem like I bought it to maybe have it become a place to put shirts. For sure. Like, <laughs> but now, like, we have our rebounders out in the living room. They're not attractive, but if we put them under the bed, we would never use them. So we're the kind of people who keep workout gear easy and at hand to make it easy to work out. Yeah, and believe me, they get used all the time. They do. But it's that, you know, 
building the lifestyle of the person who has that identity is go to the events that people gather, do a 5k for the for, you know, the fitness stuff, buy the kind of food that fit people buy. If we walked into our kitchen, and it was just covered with sweets and snacks and whatever, that would make it much more difficult to identify as healthy people. So he also says, learn the lingo, know who the experts are, watch the movies related to that area, watch that movie, Brittany Runs a Marathon. It's very inspiring. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Follow YouTubers, follow Instagram people who are maybe a little bit ahead of you on the health journey. Subscribe to Blogilates. For me, I used to go to yoga just because I kind of thought like yoga was a good thing to do. I didn't identify as a person who practiced yoga. Now I identify as a person who wants to be more flexible. And that is like a, a lifestyle change. I want to be flexible. I want to be able to get upstairs. I want to have strong muscles. I want to have good bone density. So for me, the daily practice of doing yoga is about my lifestyle. And I maybe some days I only do five minutes. Some days I do 30 minutes. But I identify as a person who practices yoga. So I've got the mat and the blocks and the yoga t-shirt like and the water bottles. I have all the trappings of a person who does yoga consistently. Right. And I identify as a person who is married to a person <laughs> who does yoga. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, wearing the t-shirt of the, the person, really embracing it. He even suggests updating your social media page to reflect the kind Kind of person you want to become. BJ Fogg surfs. So he's got the surf shirts and the surf magazines and he watches the surf videos and he goes to the beach and he knows the like the the swells for the tides. We were just watching a show where somebody was was making fun of how surfers never shut up about surfing. Well and <laughs> look and I was vegan for eight years. Yeah. And the whole joke is like how do you know someone's vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Exactly. But it's that thing of like we embrace weight loss maintenance like we have a podcast so that we can talk about mindset changes and health changes we show up every day we track we you know have our rebounders out i wear the clothing that a fit person wears right like, oh man she looks like a scrub wearing you know her leggings or whatever but like if i want to work out i'm the kind of person who wears a sports bra so that i can rebound and not kill myself like right. all of this matters so in the past we would just look at that outcome we would build a process to achieve that outcome but we never thought of ourselves as healthy active people we wanted to lose the weight so that we could go back to overindulging and eating giant 18-inch pizzas each and yep. Ben and & Jerry's. And that was what the yo-yo cycle of losing and gaining was. We now identify as people with growth mindsets, which would have grossed me out six years ago. Yeah, I identify as an advocate for myself. I identify as someone with agency in my own life. I identify as someone who has the opportunity to take responsibility for my own actions and not blame everyone else for my choices. I identify as a leader. I identify as a cheerleader. And all of that is cultivated over time, action by action, vote by vote for the kind of person you want to become. And to tie this back to what Tiffany said at the beginning of like the habits are what get her to the identity that she identifies as. It doesn't matter when she hits her goal weight because her goal habits really 
solidify that identity that she has. Yeah. So where are you on this spectrum? What are the small steps that you could take to start identifying as that person? Subscribe to the magazine, listen to the podcast, follow the Instagram people, join Walt Place. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> like, but actually build the lifestyle, build the support community. We talk about this too, about maybe the people in your three-dimensional life aren't supporting you the way you need to be supported. For me, showing up to Weight Watchers once a week wasn't enough of an identity shift for me. Go to the clubs, join the meetings, read the books, fill your life with the kind of people that you want to become, and it will help you become that person. And thank you so much for identifying as the kind of person who listens to We Only Look Thin. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, we have over 200 episodes all available wherever you found this one and also anytime at weonlylookthin.com. Yep. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, click on the link for join our support group where you can find out more about Wolt Place, our online Facebook-based accountability group for women. Uh, we have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolt Place is right for you. As we mentioned, Wolt Place is not a weight loss plan. It is not a diet. It is a place for support and accountability and fellowship and to be on a journey with other people in all stages of their weight loss journey venture and uh, it is is super inspiring and wonderful and uh, give us a try see if it's right for you yes indeed please do and if you'd like to interact with us in other ways you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at we only look thin or you can send us an old-fashioned email to weonlylookthin at gmail.com we love hearing from you we love episode suggestions uh questions um, all sorts of uh, interactions through the email. And uh, I think uh, coming up maybe next week, we will have an episode based on a listener question. Yep, we sure will. And if you have a couple of spare minutes and can head over to Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. We have over 500 star reviews. We so appreciate them. Not only does it boost our mood, but it also boosts our ratings and listings in Apple Podcasts when other people are trying to find inspirational podcasts such as this. Yes, it does and if you don't feel like doing any of those things why don't you just tell somebody about the show word of mouth is one of the best ways to get information about the show out and to grow our listenership and we would appreciate if you have somebody in your life who you think might enjoy the show let them know about us so if you're still wondering who would win in a cage match, James Clear or BJ Fogg, <laughs> for some reason they're in a cage match, just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. 